from Beacon Point. This is Dollars and Cents, a really great podcast about money. Co-host and certified financial planners, Kobe Cress and Karen Reifel, help listeners navigate various life moments and major life events through the lens of personal finance. Contrary to popular belief, these money conversations are not boring. Prepare to be informed and entertained. Welcome back to another episode of Dollars and Cents, a really great podcast about money. I'm your host, Kobe Cress, and with me, as always, is Karen Reifel. Karen, how are you today? Doing great. It's a Friday. The sun is shining. Looking forward to the weekend. How are you doing, Kobe? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to it as well. But before we dive into weekend activities, uh, we thought we would wrap this week up with some updated tax information uh, for um, both 2023 and then some information for folks to pay attention to as they get ready to file their 2022 taxes. Uh, we will make the conversation interesting, although I know taxes uh, is not everybody's favorite subject. It actually is one of mine. I love tax planning, uh, but it's not everybody's favorite. So we'll keep it light, but there is some important information here, things you should pay attention to, credits you should know about that may be available to you in the new year, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, so that is a topic of conversation today, and we've titled this New Year new numbers. So let's talk about some of the new numbers that folks need to pay attention to when it comes to contributing to their 401k or their IRA or their 403b, uh, all sorts of good stuff in the new year, new numbers category. Yeah. So probably, again, you started it off just right, Kobe. Probably the best place to start is a reminder that the amount that we can pay ourselves by way of payroll deductions to our employer-sponsored plans, such as 401k, 403b, 457s, increases generally every year. And this year, the maximum contribution limit from our paychecks to those plans has gone up by $2,000 to $22,500. And plus, for those age 50 or older, the IRS gives the ability to make additional catch-up contribution. And the catch-up contribution amount, in addition to the $22,500, is $7,500. So for listeners over the age of 50, or for listeners who know somebody over the age of 50, just a friendly reminder that uh, you may contribute the catch-up. You do not have to be 50 on January 1, just 50 in the calendar year, that is 2023. You've got the additional catch-up contribution of $7,500. One quick note also, which is something we learned in real time with a client recently, Kobe, your employer may require uh, an election of sorts. There may be something that you need to do to participate in the catch-up. It may not be automatic. So be sure to check with your HR department on what step may need to be taken for you to take full advantage of that catch-up. And even taking one step back from the amounts that you can contribute, if you are not currently contributing to the retirement accounts that are available to you, your 401k, your 403b through your employer, maybe it's just an IRA because your employer does not offer a plan. Uh, take advantage of it. Make 2023 the year that you start contributing towards your retirement. Um, a lot of folks either just kind of forget, they don't have an encouragement to do it, they don't understand the value of it maybe, or they just haven't ever set it up. There's all sorts of reasons why folks don't take advantage of it. A couple things here, obviously saving for your retirement. It's important and we could go, we could have a whole episode about how important that is. But on top of that, for a lot of employers, they offer uh, a matching contribution where you're going to receive what is essentially free dollars as long as you contribute. So don't leave money on the table. Prepare for your retirement. 2023 is a great year to start saving. That's exactly right. Match money is free money. Um, and no better way to get it than just making, albeit even a small contribution to your own 401k or retirement plan. And also, 
contributions made this way are free of income tax. So every dollar you contribute does not get taxed. So um, every dollar you contribute gets saved, whereas every dollar you don't contribute can't be spent because the IRS will take its share before it lands in your wallet. I'm going to say one last thing on this topic, and then we're going to move on here. Uh, but that's if you've never looked at your 401k or 403b login, your company, if they offer a plan, they probably have a login where you can go choose investments, make uh, contribution adjustments, do all these types of things, pick investments. Uh, one of the things that is almost always offered, if not always offered, is a calculator that shows you the change in your take-home pay if you were to start contributing to your 401k. What you will find if you go and use that calculator is that very often your take-home pay is very little changed because of the tax benefit of contributing to the 401k. So you may be able to set aside dollars and really not see much, if any, change to your take-home pay. And that is often very shocking to folks. So as a first step, if you're just wrestling with what you should do, go log in, take a look around, and use that calculator to see what your take-home pay would look like if you were to adjust and start contributing in 2023. Karen, we talked about 401ks and 403bs, and we should throw 457 plans in there as well. But what about IRA accounts? What are the new numbers in this new year for IRA accounts? Yep. So the new number for IRA contributions is $6,500. $6,500 is the maximum amount you can contribute to an IRA. As a reminder to our listeners, this is a combined limit across all IRAs owned by an individual. That includes traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. And Similar to the retirement plans through employers like 401ks, the IRS does offer a catch-up contribution for those 50 or older. <clears throat> excuse me. 50 or older in 2023 can also contribute an additional $1,000 to the IRA for a total of $7,500 in 2023. So we've talked a little bit here uh, for... Uh, we've given information rather for um, listeners out there who are still working, still contributing to their 401k. But let's talk about maybe some of uh, our older listeners that are maybe retired and are already on Social Security. There's some big changes. A lot of these have already been felt uh, by uh, Social Security recipients out there, retirees out there. But let's talk about New Year, new numbers. What's changed for Social Security? Yeah, there are some other changes coming down the pipeline this year related to personal finance. Some will feel better than others. Um, possibly one, at least on paper, sounds good, is the Social Security cost of living adjustment saw a very nice, generous 8.7% increase for 2023. And while this may feel like it will be absorbed by gas and bacon prices, um, which it very well could, listeners, and we hear you on that. Um, keep in mind, though, that it does serve to increase your Social Security benefit, and thereby the amount on which all future cost of living adjustments will be made. So what that means is every dollar more of Social Security you receive from the 8.7% pay increase in 2023 will receive cost of living adjustments in future years. So the more dollars today, the more dollars later. And it really, really can add up over time. So while it may not feel as impactful while inflation costs still remain high, it will serve a long-term purpose in a really, really good way. Just like investments, compound interest matters. So in this case, the increases in Social Security benefit will compound over the years, giving you a higher benefit down the road. So even if you don't, uh, you can't notice as much 
of an increase now because prices are increasing in lockstep. In the future, it should make a big difference. Great way to put it, Karen. Uh, and I do spend a good amount of money on uh, gas and bacon. So that makes a lot of sense. It costs me a good amount of gas to go buy bacon. So it does <laughs> compound in and of itself. What else for Social Security in 2023? So while we're on the topic of Social Security, as a reminder to listeners, there is a certain amount from our paychecks that we pay into the Social Security system. It is a portion of what we call FICA tax. Um, it is a four-letter word. Some people feel that way about it. Um, so the FICA tax, as a reminder, is a two-part tax. Part of it goes to Social Security and part of it goes, to, goes towards Medicare. The Social Security portion of the tax is only assessed on a certain portion of wages. And that dollar amount of wages on which the Social Security tax is assessed changes every year. And this one changed pretty big this year. The amount of wages subject to Social Security tax in 2023 jumps from 147000 to 160200 So what this means is on the first 160000 Social Security tax will be assessed at 6.2%. That's the amount of FICA tax that represents Social Security, 6.2%. Wages over $160,000 will no longer be subject to that tax for the rest of the year. As a reminder to our listeners, the other portion of that FICA tax is Medicare. That is a 1.45% tax, and that is applied on all wages. There is no limit for the Medicare portion of the tax. So let's switch gears here a little bit. We've talked about uh, an increase in Social Security, but also an increase in taxes. Let's talk about uh, some charitable giving numbers in 2023. So uh, for a lot of our listeners out there, especially those who maybe have kids and grandkids, uh, this is an important topic. As a reminder, you are allowed to give away a certain portion every year to anybody up to a limit without having to file a gift tax return. This is what's known as the gift tax exclusion amount. This year, it's increased from $16,000 to any individual to $17,000 to any individual. So uh, a married couple can give away $34,000 to any individual combined, $17,000 from each of you to, let's say, a kid or a grandkid. Now, that would be quite generous, uh, but it is available to you. And it's an important estate tax planning tool that certainly those who have acquired quite a bit of net worth, you should consider starting to give some of that assets away so that they're not taxed at your passing. Kobe, one way I always think about how this, this annual exclusion gifting is applied, I always think back to the Oprah days. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car, because you really can gift $17,000 to as many individuals as you'd like. You talk about uh, for those uh, that uh, have acquired a good amount of net worth and some gifting strategies that are available to them, and it's important to take advantage of that. Let's talk about kind of the biggest estate tax, uh, estate tax planning tool, if you will, which is your lifetime estate tax exemption amount, which has increased this year. Karen, talk to us about that. That's right. Yeah. So what we know about the IRS is it likes to get its cut of money anytime it changes hands. And um, but there is an amount that can be passed from one generation to the next free of tax, and that amount is higher than it has ever been. Currently, any individual that passes away in 2023 can pass free of tax, which is called an estate tax upon passing, free of tax just under $13 million. So for a married couple with an estate valued less than $26 million, that value can pass free of tax to their heirs. Now, one 
giant caveat to this. Based on current estate tax law, this amount is set to significantly reduce by at least half after 2025. But for 2023, the increase was pretty meaningful. It increased by over $850,000 per person to, again, that $13 million per person passing free of estate tax in 2023. So we are going to pivot here and talk a little bit about new tax facts in the new year. So we talked about new numbers, and we're going to talk about now some new tax facts. Now, before we dive in deeply here, there was recently passed uh, what is being... Uh, what has been deemed Secure Act 2.0, which does have some major impacts from a tax planning standpoint, too much to be absorbed in this episode. So uh, listeners, check back as in the next couple of weeks, we will release an episode with additional information on some of the big changes from Secure Act 2.0. That is an episode in and of itself. Kick us off here, because before we talk about the new fact, the new tax facts for tax year 2023, there are actually some new facts for tax year 2022 that are going to become evident to listeners out there as they go to file their 22 tax return here in the coming months. So talk to us about those changes. That is right. So for filers getting gearing up for tax season this, this spring or maybe in the fall, um, there will be some changes compared to our 2021 filing um, for 2022 that will feel in 2023. Um, and primarily, it relates to the return up to pre-COVID tax benefits. So certain tax per perks that were heightened during COVID that returned to normal in 2022. Um, the first being certain tax credits will be lower. So including the child tax credit, the earned income credit, and the child and dependent care credits, those are all lower to their, their uh, pre-COVID normals. And ultimately what this means, listeners, if all other things being equal, your tax situation is exactly the same in 2022 as it was in 2021, you will owe more tax in 2022 than you did because these the benefit of these credits are now lower. And the second one has to do with the ability to donate to charity. So in a, in a, in a non-COVID world, uh, we receive benefits for donating to charity if we are itemizing our deductions. So only taxpayers with itemized deductions in excess of the standard deductions will get the benefit of charitable donations. However, in the COVID world in prior years, there was an ability to donate up to $600 to charity without itemizing. So that ended in 2022. So if you don't itemize. Once again, you will not be able to get the benefit of the charitable donation. Listeners, as a clarifying point, the above-the-line deduction for charitable donations that Karen is talking about, that up to $600 for a married couple, is not available in tax year 2022. So it ended for tax year 2022. It was available in tax year 2021. There was another big piece. We talked a little bit about Secure Act 2.0, and then we're going to do a whole episode on that. But there was another piece of legislation, a very large piece of legislation that was passed in early fall, late summer of 2021, which was the Inflation Reduction Act. And inside that act, there were some big changes when it comes to tax credits available for clean energy use. So Karen, talk to us about um, the electric vehicle credit uh, that is now available or that is still available for uh, listeners out there. Yep, yep. So there's some changes coming through. The details of the credit vary slightly in 2023. Um, first, it's no longer referred to as the electric vehicle credit. It is now called the clean vehicle credit. 
Um, so just a fun little name change there. Nothing, nothing significant in, in that. But um, first, a reminder for this credit that the incentive is good for up to up to seventy five hundred dollars in tax credit for new car purchases. Depending on the battery capacity, the credit could be up to seventy five hundred or lower. Um, as you can imagine, the more capacity, the larger the credit. Uh, in 2022, the credit was only available on new car purchases, not leases or used car purchases. This year, in 2023, used car purchases are now eligible. Although the credit is capped at 30% of the purchase price and can't exceed more than, I think, around $4,000, uh, there are other requirements for used cars, but just know that it's possible to get some credit now for used car clean vehicle purchases. Leases, still not allowed. Sorry. Uh, the car weight must be less than 14,000 pounds. This does not change in the new year. So that is not a change. Just a reminder for our listeners. Car must weigh less than 14,000 pounds. For purchases made on or after August 16th of 2022. So again, purchases made on or after August 16th of 2022. There is a new requirement that final assembly of the car must be completed in North America. Uh, this requirement will stick around for 2023, plus in 2023, there's an additional battery assembly and what's called a critical mineral sourcing requirements that must be met. So um, simple way to put it is the, the sourcing and com assembly components are getting a little bit more strict in 2023. Um, if these additional battery assembly and critical mineral sourcing requirements are met, each of these provide 50% worth of the credit available. So, um, and then just a couple more quick points on the clean vehicle credit. Currently, once a manufacturer sells $200,000 of qualifying cars, no more credits are granted to buyers. So this excludes Tesla and GM purchases from eligibility. Um, that's a 2022 rule. The good news in 2023, this manufacturing cap is lifted. Dunzo. However, other caps come into play in 2023, including a vehicle price cap and buyer income caps. So as a, just to rehash here, the manufacturer sell cap is gone in 2023, but there are additional caps with respect to the vehicle price and the buyer income. So, um, and this is a little complicated. I'll just fire off. If you have any questions, please contact us at info at getthesense.com. But SUVs and vans qualify at $80,000 MSRP or below. And sedans qualify at $55,000 or below. All cars, all used cars have a price cap at $25,000, which we mentioned earlier, Kobe. And buyers with income below $150,000 single filer and $300,000 joint filers qualify on new purchases. And these income caps are reduced if you are buying used. Listeners, one of the available resources out there for you are there are uh, quite a few websites that have a clear breakdown of the vehicles that qualify for these tax credits. So don't feel like, although we're giving you a lot of information here, uh, don't feel like you have to do all this research on the individual vehicle yourself, right? You don't need to go look up to see if that car you're interested in is 14,000 pounds or, oh my goodness, it's 16,000 pounds or no, I'm good, it's 12,000 pounds. You don't need to do that research. 
You can go to websites like Electric, uh, which uh, we will put uh, a link to in the show notes. Uh, there are a few great resources out there that break this down very clearly. They show you which vehicles from which manufacturers qualify uh, and how much of a tax credit they qualify for. So don't feel like you need to get in the nitty gritty. It's good to know why. It's good to know these facts. However, there are some uh, tools out there that have already aggregated this information and make it really clear and easy for you. And Kobe, I don't think we can have a conversation about tax incentives in the new year without briefly touching on solar. I know I've had many clients, their interest in solar has heightened significantly with the generous tax incentives. Um, so do you want to share with our listeners what that is? Yeah, so the Inflation Reduction Act, that big piece of legislation in the fall is the uh, is the piece of legislation that uh, rebooted, if you will, uh, solar energy and those credits and the value of those credits and has, for me as well as for you, spurred a lot of clients to ask questions about this. So uh, starting in 2023 through uh, 2032, 30% of the costs you incur for solar energy-efficient water heaters and heat pumps or HVACs can be recovered by way of a tax credit. So 30% of that expense uh, can come back to you in the form of a, of a tax credit. Tax credits are be, are more valuable than even a deduction. So this really is a, essentially a 30% decrease in the price of putting one of these systems on your home. Uh, just so you know, it's really a, a valuable uh, credit from 2023 through 2032. Uh, but in 2033, it's still valuable, but it's going to be reduced. So you really have the next 10 years to take advantage of that full 30%. And then Barring nothing changes, it gets reduced to 26% in 2033 and 22% in 2034. So you have some time here, but if you're interested in putting one of these systems on your home or putting in a new energy-efficient water heater, all the things that we just listed, then certainly uh, pay attention to those tax credits and make sure you don't miss out on the most valuable of those tax credits, which is 30%. The equipment needs to be purchased. You can't lease it. However, you can finance it and still receive the credit. So you can't lease it, but if you finance the purchase, and there are some great financing uh, opportunities out there, and there are some government incentives to finance, uh, so you can get really good rates on financing this type of equipment. If it's something that you're interested in, you can still get the uh, tax credit for that. You just can't get the tax credit if you were to lease it. That's right. And for listeners with second home, so uh, non-primary residents that are looking to improve, you know, the, or reduce the cost with solar install, just know that the credit is reduced for the number of days that you do not live in the home. So effectively, it's prorated. For example, if you live in the home for three months out of the year and rent it out all the other months, only a third or excuse me, only a quarter of the credit is available. So 25% of the credit will be available if you live in the home for three months. If you rent the home 100% of the time, 365 days a year, the install will not be eligible for the credit. There you go, listeners. It's a new year. There are new numbers to pay attention to, new changes to the tax code, all sorts of stuff. Hopefully, this episode has been valuable. I know it's a ton of information, so go back and listen. Most importantly, send us questions. If anything we mentioned today is of interest to you, or you're confused, or you just need a little bit more detail, please send us a note, info at getthesense.com. We would be happy to answer it. And likely, your question is something that others have, uh, a question that others may have, and we will answer it on the air uh, so that um, that information can be shared. So we hope you enjoyed it. Um, check back soon for an episode on the SECURE Act. There's a lot of important details in there as well. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend. 
Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Get The Sense and online at beaconpoint.com. That's point with an E. Be sure to check back regularly for new episodes. Until next time, keep your dollars and we'll keep our cents.